What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the WrestleGeddon podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Deadly Draw debuts and it's a deadly dud. Cardona teams with Cody. Shayna knocks out Sasha and The Rock owns the XFL. For all the new listeners, I'm Chris the Heat Matthews and he's the Tennessee Jesus. This is episode 54. Of the WrestleGeddon podcast. Are you ready for some football? One cell, is this on? Well, let me talk to you. A little bit of a bubbly. Money, money, yeah, yeah. Ah! It's not hot. Guaranteed. All right, what is going on, Carl? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Just chilling. Just chilling, chilling. Oh shit! Uh, looks like G Money is is ringing me in here, so I'm going to patch him in. And right. there we go, y'all, y'all bitches, y'all bitches, y'all thought y- y'all thought y'all had me. Y'all put me in this rehab facility, and y'all thought y'all were slick. Y'all thought I wouldn't escape, but guess what? You thought wrong, motherfuckers. You thought wrong. Me and this hooker bitch, we made our way down to Mexico. I've been enjoying some nice wrestling down here. Because, you know, that WWE shit's garbage anyway. And, uh, yeah, been living the dream. Uh, Carl, uh, I stopped uh, I stopped doing that uh, heroin you wanted me to stop doing. I've been uh, doing coke because, you know, coke says kills, but don't kill me. Uh, but, yeah, that's about it. Uh, what's going on with you guys? Well, I mean, we're worried about you, man. Uh, we got a call uh, two days ago that you left rehab, um, and we've been trying yeah, to get in touch with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I, I got to go. <laughs> the cops are chasing them. <laughs> uh the the cops are after our gear i don't know they must have found them um i guess our private eye that we put on the case after uh after garrett <laughs> had escaped <laughs> after we got a call from the from the rehab facility so it looks like our private eye found him so <laughs> <laughs> We only paid the the private uh, half the money uh, up front. <laughs> he must have been trying to get the other half from Garrett. Uh, I told you we shouldn't have went with that cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very small budget, okay? <laughs> very small. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Uh, so uh, hopefully our, our private dick will be bringing Garrett back here soon. So 
This is gonna be kind of hard smuggling him back across the Mexican border. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh. know if his passport's up to date or not. Probably not, because he probably snuck in the. He probably snuck over the border to begin with. Yeah, because I don't think he. Because we didn't take him with anything. He was just wearing a freaking bathrobe and, um, you know, water shoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh... They, uh, hopefully we can the, get them to, uh, um, come, come back to, to America. Um, we're going to be in contact with them. Uh, and hopefully everything goes all right. We have a, a minister that's going to pray for them. Uh, and hopefully we can get, get Garrett back. Hopefully, hopefully it works. <laughs> we need to ask Oprah to use her witchcraft <laughs> for Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, use your witchcraft. Oh, oh, so much fun. All right. So, as always, be sure to follow us on social media at WrestleGenPod with one D on Twitter, WrestleGenPod with two Ds on Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestleGenPod. And be sure to hit up redbubble.com slash people slash WrestleGen podcast to order yourself some awesome WrestleGen podcast merchandise. And on top of that, you can go to patreon.com slash WrestleGen podcast and join the Patreon. And at the end of the month, everyone who is subscribed to the Patreon at the end of August will be entered to win the Elite 77 fiend figure. One of the hottest figures that has come out in the last month. We are giving it away. And all you have to do is be subscribed to our Patreon at the end of August. Easy as that. That's probably the best figure WWE's ever came out with. Yeah, pretty much. It's one of the best, one of the better ones. Um, One of the hottest ones to get besides the um, Elite 76 Otis right now. And a couple of Legends figures. But yeah, no, man, people love Otis. Man, (laughs) fuck Otis. If you like fat guys in little shirts, I mean, I mean, he might you're, be your You're guy, listening but... to the right podcast because I'm a fat guy in a little shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> luckily, luckily for Chris, uh, he wears his shirts a little larger. <laughs> He's not out here trying to rock a medium. <laughs> Oh, awesome. All right. On that note, uh, let's get into what very little news we have this week. Hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing 1-900-45-4-Hulk. And there's really not that much. I got a couple things here, and I found something else we can talk about as well. Um that I forgot to put in the notes that happened yesterday, but we will jump into first uh, some good news. Uh, Eddie Kingston is signed to AEW. So we'll be seeing more of the mad King. Pretty psyched about that. After that, a killer promo, he cut a couple weeks ago on Cody and the match that they had was really great. So looking forward to seeing more from uh, Eddie Kingston and AEW. Um, And one of the biggest news articles Coming out of this week is The Rock 
and Danny Garcia, the Rock's ex-wife and also his uh, business partner, have purchased the XFL. Yeah. Oh. That's um, uh... that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, to be honest, I like I really loved the uh, XFL this last go around. Um, I mean, the whole COVID thing killed it, but I mean, from everyone that I've listened to, that's like went to the games. Of course, like we didn't have any in our area or anything, but they said it was a pretty good time. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I didn't, or... I didn't get to watch any of it, but from what I've heard, it was. A lot of people really liked it you know? yeah. and if they were able to find a way to do it without you know they're in this whole COVID thing it may have may have stayed around but well that's cool rock they're gonna bring it back uh next year for a new season or was it this year i don't know but we'll get a new season for the xfl thanks to the rock and danny garcia who are both co-owners of the xfl so pretty psyched to they bring the any type of passion that they bring to their other projects that they've done, like Ballers on HBO, other things. It's it's going to be a pretty awesome. So pretty psyched for that. Uh, and some depressing news. Uh, Marty Jannetty apparently has gone completely crazy and low-key confessed to murdering someone when he was 13 years old. So technically... From um, uh, reading, I guess, like a lawyer that was speaking on it. Technically, it wouldn't be murder. Um, uh, it would have to happen in like the 70s, mid 70s. Yeah. Um, so in the state of Georgia, um, you couldn't be tried as an adult, as a kid until the 1990s. So, um, I think it was like 1994 or something like that. So, technically, Marty Jannetty couldn't have committed uh, murder. Uh, the only thing it could have been was uh, a uh, juvenile delinquency charge. Yeah, it looks like, too, that a lot of this, like I'm going over some of the uh, Marty, this was posted today on uh, Raja.com, one of my favorite uh sites here to grab some news off of um, mm-hmm. and results and things like that. Uh, Marty Jannetty had done a interview with Boston Wrestling to talk more about his apparent admitting of murdering a man decades ago. But if you look at the accounts that Jannetty was talking about, like and how it mm-hmm. actually happened, it looked more like it sounded more like self-defense because the dude was trying to sexually assault Marty Jannetty. It's like straight up trying to rape him. Mm-hmm. So, and it sounds like that the dude had a uh, MO for doing a lot of the stuff with kids. Um, Janetti said that he got away because there was a brick laying on the ground and then claims he's never said he killed the guy, but he deserved to get beaten. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just going off of his, his tweet, like the tweet, he... I mean, you don't get me wrong. It sounded like he was probably drunk and like over exaggerating, talking about like he wasn't the first guy he made disappear. And yeah, uh, no, he was definitely I, like drunk or high or something. I mean, Janae's yeah. got a lot of a lot of demons that he's battling, and it looked like it it, it all came from looks like him and his girlfriend had broken up, something like that, yeah. and it all stemmed from that. 
Because she was um, jealous or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I guess our friends over at the uh, Wrestling with Reality podcast have been talking about this for a few months now. Uh, so go okay. back and check out their their older episodes if you want more. I don't follow Facebook. I'm not really a fan of Marty Jannetty. Um, used to be when oh. I was a kid, but not. Yeah, not I so used to be. Now, so. I used to be a fan of his, uh, and then. Um, I mean, he had that one, like, that one comeback in, like, the early 2000s. You know what I'm talking about? Is that where they, uh, um, where he was doing, like, the thing with Angle? I, I think so. And then it kind of, it kind of, you know, went sour from there because, I mean, like he, like Chris was saying, he has a lot of alcohol um, problems. Uh, if you get on problems. YouTube, yeah, if you, if you um, get on YouTube, like, and to search like um, shoot interviews, like you can get all kinds of crazy like Marty Jannetty stories. Uh, you know, wrestlers, you know, tell them about like him being drunk and like in fountains and all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. He's just a guy that never could deal with the fame and stuff that came with wrestling. Um, which is yeah. sad. I always felt sorry for him. Yeah, really sad. You know, we always joke about, you know, uh, which tag team member is going to be the Marty Jannetty. But, you know, things like this, it's Jannetty could have been a bigger star than what he was if his um, if his demons were in control and he was able to overcome a lot of those temptations. He had all the tools, which you could see in his matches with um, Shawn Michaels, either when they were tagging together or, you know, wrestling each other. And even later on, uh, when he was kind of on his own and, or tagging with, uh, Leaf Cassidy as the new rockers. <laughs> yeah. But, um, there was always, he always had that superstar look to him and he could have been on that same level of Shawn Michaels if, if things weren't so sour for him. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, I know, like, you know, other wrestlers done their first share of drugs and stuff, but oh yeah, it's it's you know you gotta <laughs> I guess balance it, you know, and he just couldn't find the right balance. That is insane. Oh, I'm scrolling through here, I don't really see a whole lot of uh. There's like a Matt Hardy thing, yeah. but I I think it's more of like an angle than it is uh. Oh, like an actual story. I think he, Matt Hardy is, you know, expressed some um, hostilities towards Sammy for the cut he received uh, via having a chair thrown at his face. Oh, cool than anything. Yeah, I think I saw it was um something like clip from like after Dynamite or something like that where they're interviewing Hardy. If I remember correctly, or he posted a tweet later on, or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's all. That's all work thing. But uh, Pat McAfee was offered a match against Adam Cole at Takeover Thirty. So thrilled about that one. <laughs> it might. It just... might be decent. I think he's. It might yeah, be better like... than some of the other celebrity matches. You know, the only way it's going to be decent is because it's with Adam Cole. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just saying it might be better than, you know, Dennis Rodman or 
Carmelone, Mr. T. But know. I enjoyed those matches, though. Like the whole <laughs> DDP and Carl Malone versus Dennis Rodman and Hogan. So, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that was like the Good height of like the NWO and Nitro was like, boom. So. Maybe looking at him at Nostalgia with nostalgia glasses on, but like, yeah, so I enjoyed that song. The worst one, the worst one was when DDP teamed with Jay Leno. <laughs> I hate yeah, it. That the, was uh, um, I hate it. I hate it anytime that, like, uh, I'm not just saying it because it's cool to say it now, but I always hate it when Donald Trump was on fucking WWE. It's like he never sold anything. No, he had no clue what he was doing. Yeah, and he just no, looked like was... a fucking prick up there. Yeah, like, oh. there's no no reason for him to be on there except, you know, he's McMahon's friend and all this other shit. And it was just uh, really cringeworthy TV. You know, I own Monday Night Raw. You know, I bought it from Vince for you know, an undisclosed amount of money. Fucking shit. Stupid ass shit. Okay. Um, that's pretty much going to wrap up the news. I don't see really anything else on here we're talking about. Um, a lot of the stuff that I see on here we can cover during the get in the ring segment, which is what we're going to jump into now. If we take a uh, ding, quick ding, break. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> take a quick break and we'll be back for our get in the ring segment. So. What's up, WrestleGeddon podcast fans? This is Rose with Bright Rose Events. Here to announce we have a new subscription box for all your tingling sensations. Check out www.cratejoy.com and research dates in a box. Even wrestling fans need love too. And so you can get your wrestle on with the one you love. Have a date night delivered to your house every month for you and that special someone that's www.cratejoy.com searching dates in a box Get the ring, Carl. <laughs> All right. Can we get one of those like weird bell rings, like a uh, uh, raw underground? Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> well, the intro music, the intro music for getting the rings got the bell on there. <laughs> I, I know, but we just need like a random like bell, like why just random like... bell ring. <laughs> why is the bell ring in the street fight? <laughs> ring bells, like girls. Dancing awkwardly in a dimly lit stage. Uh, I mean, <laughs> they couldn't hire some like better strippers or something for that. Oh, they, that they, so needed some, they needed some trashier strippers. Like, yeah, come on. 
that was pretty bad with bit. um i will we'll talk about that when we get to raw because i got yeah, i got yeah, some thoughts good. on yeah but yeah, um let's get into uh let's start off with smackdown like normal um we opened up the show with aj styles defending the ic title against a leak which was a very good match probably the match the night as far as that went too Smackdown's like a like a uh like a a young adolescent boy it always like buzz it slowed right at the very beginning <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man those are, those are terrible analogies <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good match right it's funny it was like it was terrible like everything afterwards <laughs> Everything afterwards, you're like, man, this is not as good as that AJ Styles match. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a lot of it was blah. Like, we had Corbin take on Drew Gulak, and then Shorty G attacks Gulak, and I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Um, apparently, they got nothing to do with Chad Gable. They can't just put him in a match with somebody. They're going to turn him so I can pair him up with Corbin. Uh, so what I was thinking when I saw that, I was like, that looks like, because, uh, you know, uh, Gulak cut his shoes off, and it's like, oh, it's a jungle boy, and Marco's fine. <laughs> oh, man. Excellent. It's just a short reference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, Big E for, had his uh, first singles match uh, against the. That was all right. So. Yeah, it was, it was okay. I like to see a more more aggressive Big E in his singles run instead of like the the same, you know, fun loving like New Day type character. You know, you can still do like you can still do the New Day stuff. You know, kind of help keep New Day relevant. And uh, Kofi are out, but I'd like to see a bit more aggressive. It's kind of like, to me, it's kind of like the biggie thing. It's kind of like, like it's like um, buying tickets to like Smashing Pumpkins or something. Yeah, and then you know the band doesn't show up. You know. <laughs> oh man. But like the thing that like Biggie is one of the bigger guys on the roster on the SmackDown roster. He's like physically big. He's imposing. Like there's, like he should be like squashing, or at least you know, not taking as much offense as, as he normally does. Like he's on his own. He sh- he should be in there just like ripping shit up. So, on um, whatever though. But that's just that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Naomi actually beat Lacey Evans this week, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where they're going with that. I uh, don't really care because it's kind of boring. Uh, Sonya attacks Mandy Rose backstage, ends up trying to cut off some of her hair, gets a little bit of it cut off, and then. Yeah. It was gonna shave, which is weird. Like the shaver was backstage on like the little makeup table, so it makes me wonder, like. You know, was uh, Mandy gonna like shave her bush or trim her bush? Why she have the <laughs> why she have the clippers there? And then she like you know put makeup on her and said she was gonna make her ugly and 
She ruined her life. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. So, so then we go from that and we go to uh, Bailey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Nikki Cross um, with Alexa Bliss and, of course, Sasha at ringside. Uh, Bailey retained. But the big thing here is after the match, um, the Fiend killed Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like completely just destroyed Alexa Bliss with that mandible claw. Mm-hmm. So will this a be concerned about it? You're a little concerned. That's how I was a little turned on. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh man, you got some weird. Weird kinks, man. Nah, I'm just kidding. I was <laughs> Nah, I'm just kidding. That was. <laughs> <laughs> well, pretty much. So what do you, is... think? you think she's going to come back as like Sister Abigail or something? Uh, I think she's going to be out for a little bit, but I don't know. Like everyone keeps talking about the Abigail thing. It's not going to happen. <laughs> if it was going to happen, well, it would have happened. Swamp- in the swamp, in the swamp match, you know, she made the appearance. So, yeah, it's pretty much Maybe to, to keep, like it was all like mind games with Bray to keep uh, Strowman at the swamp, like to keep him from returning. So it was like one of those yeah, things but, where because she kept saying, you know, come stay with me, come be with me, you know, you want to. So, I mean, it could yeah, have been but, like Sister Abigail posing as Alexa trying to get get Braun to stay and join the Wyatt family again. Uh, but maybe maybe it's a way for her to go like kill or something or come back, you know, as like a darker character. Yeah, because I mean if you look at it, the way everyone who ends up facing the fiend, their character ends up changing. It's, it's just one of those things. Like they they either like revert back to a previous character or their character just like completely changes direction on what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, honest case in point, look at the Miz. The Miz is now is yeah. back teaming with Morrison again. And that happened, you know, not that long after Miz and the Fiend wrestled. Or uh, at least yeah. the Miz and Bray Wyatt. So it's a little bit different than that one. But you think like Seth Rollins and the Fiend, look how Rollins' character changed after that. Um, well, it's uh, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler wrestled the Fiend. Pretty yeah. Sure did. yeah, Dolph Ziggler, Daniel Bryan. No, oh. like Daniel Bryan ended up, you know, coming back like no hair and beard. So it's like Daniel Bryan from like 15 years ago. <laughs> But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where this whole thing is going anyway with the play it leads to. It's going to lead to a match at SummerSlam. We all know that's happening. But will this lead to a Fiend or title reign for the Fiend as Universal Champion? Hmm. I'm hoping so. Eh, I mean, I, I really don't care if we get the title. Um. And just I don't know. I was just it's one of those things like I had high hopes and are starting to like slowly get disappointed with the team. Yeah, I think they've kept them off TV for a while though. Up yeah. until up until recently. So 
I think it just kind of like if they keep them off TV, they keep them in smaller doses, um, just use them for like bigger stuff, kind of like what they did with Finn Balor and his and the demon paint instead of like yeah. using it for like every single thing. Um, I think it'll it should have some uh, longevity if they do that. Yeah. All right, so that, that was that in the, the. I mean, I guess like the crowd kind of need the crowd reaction, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's one of the big things that's missing is the crowd reaction from all this stuff. Oh. All right, let's move into uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, we have the return of Shane McMahon. And gives us a Brawl for All 2.0. But it's called Raw Underground. Raw so, Underground. Raw Underground. So, it's pretty much Shane McMahon's Fight Club. Yeah. So Basically, have, what it is, is like, it's like a bunch of wrestlers versus guys that are like smaller than they are. <laughs> It's like, hey, you, you want to fight this big ass guy? It's like the only the only guys that were matched up like equally was like Dolph Ziggler and the dude that he was throwing around because he wasn't that much smaller than Ziggler. Yeah, but like it was it was something different. I mean, I yeah, you in on it? I'm gonna give it a couple more weeks before and see if it if it changes. But I mean, it showcases some of the other talent, like in a more serious angle. Like, um, I, I don't know how serious you can get, like a fight club type thing. But you know, you see the Viking Raiders in there, and like Bro was or Eric, yeah, Eric, um, you know, just tossing this dude around, you know, and he looked like the badass that he was supposed to be to begin with. Yeah, I'm like, and if th- this if this is a way to make the Viking Raiders badass again, I'll see it. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I, I like I like the uh, I like the concept. Um, I don't know about necessarily having a raw, you know. Like, I think it'd be pretty cool, as like a like a network show, or you know, like it kind of puts me in mind of like oh, like an old school like Saturday Night Shotgun or Velocity or one of those type shows, um, yeah. where you know you could have like you know some big talent kind of take on some jobbers and then you know maybe just throw in like one like serious match you know um here and there like if it had like one serious fight it would probably been really cool but it was just you know you knew who was gonna win it was like watching AEW Dark you knew who was gonna win pretty much because you didn't know who the other guy was you know and my biggest thing with this too is like what are they fighting for like, are they fighting for like some cash type prize or something, or are they just fighting for the sake of beating the shit out of each other? That, that's what I want to know. It's it's bra- it's bragging rights, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you watch? Uh, um, didn't you watch the Iron Circle back in the day? You know, that's how uh, fucking <laughs> tough guys solve their problems with each other. Just you know, show up in a parking lot, <laughs> gather up in a circle, and fucking fight, man. Uh-huh. Man, but there's got to be some. There's got to be some sort of like, <laughs> some sort of reason or stakes. Like, what stakes for them to be fighting each other? Though, so, I mean, some sort of maybe something. Maybe they'll get a ring. <laughs> or is, <laughs> or 
<laughs> or is Vince Russo secretly behind this trying to prove that the Viking Raiders are badass? Yes. Oh man. So um yeah, so the the raw underground thing, like if they make some tweaks to it, like get rid of like the, the awkward dancing girls need to be there, especially that they're trying to convey now with the women's division and the whole women's evolution thing. You're gonna take like no. fifteen steps backwards to have a bunch of women just dancing for no reason. No, I I like the I like having the shippers. Um <laughs> I mean uh, to me, like they should have had like some trashier ones, like those girls. Or at least, at least ones that could actually dance. Those girls look too pretty to be strippers. They're probably um, like, they're probably performance center talent. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, we're all attracted to the human body. You know, that's how <laughs> uh, that's how Triple H made it big. You know, he he lost the pants and. Fucking started wearing baby oil and everybody liked them. <laughs> you know? Oh, and it had nothing to do with him sleeping with the boss's daughter. Nothing to do with the boss's daughter. He just lost the pants. Started wearing fucking tights. Start showing a little ass. You know? And cover himself with baby oil. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Uh, let's see what else we have. Oh, the Riot Squad got back together um, and defeated the Iconics. Uh, McIntyre cut an amazing promo on Randy Orton. Um, as you pointed out, this whole thing pretty much started between McIntyre and Orton uh, because Orton didn't say hi to McIntyre in the locker room <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's McIntyre's beef with Orton. Because <laughs> uh, Orton, you know, c- came out. Uh, I mean, Orton, you gotta admit, admit, like Orton's pretty good. And he came out, you know, with Ric Flair, and he's like, "Yeah, you're saying shit that everybody says about me. You know, come up with something original." And then he's just like, "Well, you know." Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the most original <laughs> thing you can come up with. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! But uh, it it was it was good. Uh, it's just I I just find that one part funny where it's just like, yeah, you didn't say <laughs> hi to me in the locker room, and you never oh, brought anybody up or anything like that. Yeah, McIntyre bring out that but, high school shit. <laughs> yeah, but I think it'll be a good. I think it'll be a good match. I'm I'm uh, looking forward point. to that match at SummerSlam. But I will say that no. And everyone knows I'm not a big, not a big Orton fan, but he's probably doing some of the best work that he's done in a long time. Like just this this year alone, like the stuff with him and Edge, now the him with like him and McIntyre, even like him and Big Show, like that short little thing that the two of them did. Like yeah. Orton's been on fire. Like there's no no doubt in that one. I've I've always been a big Orton. I've always been a big Orton fan. Um, I even wrote him letters when he was injured. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm not Is the biggest was... fan of McIntyre, though, but, I mean, he's, he's, he, he was good. I just don't like his title run, but it'll fit, like, it'll fit, uh, with Orton. 
because, like, you know, I'm saying, like, Orton can get the upper hand and then have McIntyre, like, fight back, you know? Yeah. Kind of fits, like, his, the way McIntyre likes to, I guess, uh, like, format his matches where he, you know, he falls and then he makes a comeback. It's pretty much your typical, like, babyface versus heel match where, you know, the regardless how big the babyface is, like size wise and how big the heel is size wise, the baby face gonna get beat down and the mouth will come back. And that's like typical like Old like one oh one. Yeah. And that's, that's essentially what they're doing. So um but yeah, like I said, this should be a pretty good match at SummerSlam. Like I said, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh what else we got? Apollo uh defeats MVP. So he is now the undisputed, uh, no doubt about it, US champ. Um, also Shelton Benjamin lost the 24 seven title in a triple threat match. Um, Tozawa is the new 24 seven champion. Uh, we had Sasha Banks segment between Sasha, um, Shayna and Asuka. Uh, Baszler ended up knocking the shit out of Sasha. Uh, we got Dominic and Seth Rollins set for SummerSlam after Dominic jumped Rollins and Murphy. Uh, from behind again after Rollins was trying to uh, with the kendo stick after Rollins was trying to yeah. take out uh Tom Phillips but then uh you know and, was... so, and Samoa Joe man what a bitch dude like are you gonna handle shit and then like they get in the ring call you out and then fucking Dominic comes in and you know like, you're, gonna go in a, you're gonna let a 20 year old kid handle it for you <laughs> yeah I think there's. I think Joe isn't cleared for any entering competition yet. I think that's what the issue is. Yeah. No. Uh, let's see. We had some stupid thing with this new faction, like that was supposed to debut. Kind of did. Kind of didn't. Um, I don't even remember what the hell they named these people. It was like a group of fucking morons and like wearing hoodies. I thought they were like Tazawa's ninjas. Throwing like Molotov cocktails at a generator. It wasn't. It wasn't Antifa. It wasn't Antifa. No, sorry, I it was Antifa. <laughs> no, <it> wasn't Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the Dark Order. <laughs> it's the Dark Order. The Dark Order invaded Raw. <laughs> Their reach is extending. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be something stupid. Like, I can't remember what the hell their name was. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. Um, oh, shit. But it was just like, like kind of like dumb shit. Like that whole thing. Like, like, oh, we're in the backstage now. Oh, a box just fell over. Oh, my God. Big news. Breaking news. The lights uh, flickered. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, mystery faction. And how is it that they reveal the name on WWE.com? Like their name is retribution. How does WWE.com know the name of the faction, the mysterious faction that they be that supposedly debuted on raw? Maybe they had like an onside interview or something after the fact. So th- this is what yeah. they have on <laughs> WWE.com has learned that the faction behind the attack is calling themselves Retribution. Little else is known about Retribution, aside from the fact that causing chaos seems to be their sole motivation. 
Really? (laughs) So basically, this is what sanity was supposed to be. Or something they could have done with sanity when they when they brought sanity up to the main roster. Yeah, is to me like I don't know I don't know who the guys are, so maybe they you know they could come in and be like these like kick ass superstars or something. But the whole Apparently, segment of attacking uh, generators is stupid. Like, what's the motive of attacking the generator during yeah. the MVP Apollo match? Yeah, I'm hoping that um, this rumor is not true. After, yeah, who knows? But I'm hoping that the uh, the rumor of who it is isn't true after that segment, <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's being rumored that it's uh, Dijakovic, Tommaso Ciampa, um, Rhea Ripley, and like two other people. It's like another female uh-huh. and another male. So uh-huh. I don't understand like the reasoning behind that because it. I don't think why would you debut Tommaso Ciampa on the main roster under a gimmick like that? Like yeah. people know Ciampa. Like the same with Dijakovic and Ripley. Like Ripley's already been on Raw. What's the point of putting her in a faction like that to bring mysteriously debut them? Like I don't understand. But. Well, I don't know. It could be like I said, it, I, like maybe I'm wrong and it could be like a great, you know, faction and breed some life in the Raw. Yeah. Like, I just hope it's not those people. I can be like somebody else, but yeah. Maybe it'd be uh, like a racist group. Like I said, you know, they attacked the generator during, you know, two black guys wrestling. So maybe it's I don't like think, the alt right. I don't think Vince is going to go uh, go that far. But, no. Uh-huh. Uh, but one of the best things to come out of the, uh, the Raw Fight Club was the, uh, was the end of the show when the, the hurt business came in and just took over and destroyed everyone? I like the hurt business. I wish they wouldn't have had them lose both matches. Like, I could understand having Shelton Benjamin lose the 24 7 title because it's more of like a comedic title, anyways. Yeah. But I would have like, would. Either like like to see them win a championship, so like at least like one of them has a championship, or maybe tag titles or something, uh, just to make that faction like a legit faction. Because like the talent is there. Like I've liked the work that Bobby Lashley's been doing, um, and then MVP and Shelton Benjamin's always been like favorite wrestlers of mine. I'd like them to see them do more uh, with them, and let them be like more of like a evolution esque. Or you know what I'm saying type type faction. Yeah, I would like I said Bobby Lashley's been doing. You know, we talk about Orton doing some of like the best work that he's done, but Lashley has definitely been doing. Like since he's returned, came back to WWE, this is like the best thing he's got going right now is being paired up with MVP and now Shelton Benjamin, and putting Shelton in this group too. Someone who gets overlooked with for a lot of mm-hmm. stuff. And giving him like a feature spot on the roster with the hurt business is like the best thing they've ever done with Shelton Benjamin. Oh, for sure. In years. Since, so since the team uh well, the, what were they the called? Team Angle. Him and Charlie Hawk? Team, team Angle. Angle. World's greatest tag team. World's greatest tag team, yeah. Now I would love to see Shelton and MVP go after the tag team titles. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. 
and then um have Lashley go after the uh the US title or the world the uh the WWE, WWE title yeah. again. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Like be interesting to see what happens with them. So especially with them taking over the hurt business. Like to see where this goes. Maybe they'll like use it as like a recruiting ground and add yeah. like more people into the into the faction. Yeah, that would be cool too. Yeah. They add like a couple more members, like another dude, another female, like a female or something in there. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was Monday Night Raw. Uh we'll keep it with WWE and we'll jump over to NXT. Uh we had uh Dakota Kai actually beat Rhea Ripley. That was a shocker. Uh, we had Damian Priest advancing to the uh, NXT ladder match uh, by defeating Oni Lorcan and Ridge Holland. I have no idea who Ridge Holland is. I didn't. I didn't really see a lot of NXT. I kind of fell asleep. So <laughs> uh, I know Keith Lee destroyed Cameron Grimes. Uh, Knox beat India Hartwell. Imperium defeated Fish and O'Reilly, and then we had the Adam Cole, Pat McAfee thing, uh, where pretty much we're getting Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee at Summer or NXT thirty. Yay. So are they going to actually have a? Are they actually going to have a, a match? Is it going to be like a uh, like a throw pass punt competition? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be a match. So. Oh well. It will never live up to the hype of Bam Bam Bigelow versus LT. Oh yeah, that was speaking of celebrity matches, man, that was pretty cool. I like that one. <laughs> it was actually a lot better than a lot more people give it credit for. Oh yeah, for sure. It could have been it could have been much worse. It could have been Goldberg versus Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. So that is NXT in a nutshell. Let's jump to let's go back in time. Going to go back in time to Tuesday night. Uh, I'll talk a little bit of impacts. Uh, we had Heath Slater. Or I'm sorry, not Heath Slater. Heath, because he doesn't have a last name anymore. He's like the he used bar. to have a last name. <laughs> uh, he took on Moose for the TNA Championship. Um. Heath actually had that match won, but unfortunately the ref got knocked out. Um, Heath had hit the uh, his finisher. Uh, I can't remember what they're what they're calling it now, like wide awake or something like that, or I can't remember what they're calling it. Um, but he actually hit his finisher, got the pin on Moose, but the ref was down. Um, Moose ended up nailing him with a low blow and you know picking up the win. So this whole match was basically Slater won. He is the TNA champion, and then he gets a contract with Impact. Um, unfortunately, since Slater or Heath got screwed, uh, he loses out on that contract to uh, to Impact. Storyline rise, yeah, it does. Sometimes the ref gets knocked out, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's a big bump. Sometimes it's a little bump. <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's just a finger poke of doom. <laughs> Uh, we had some uh, Wrestle House crap. We had uh, Johnny Swinger lose a two-on-one handicap match um, against Alicia Edwards and Susie. Uh, and then we had Rosemary losing to Kylie Ray. 
which is actually a pretty good match. Uh, that one wasn't yeah. too bad. I could imagine uh, that being good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, the North Challenge, the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, come up here in three weeks. What? <laughs> oh, never, mind. never mind. I was going to ask who won, but you said it is Challenge. Yeah, it was. Uh, the Machine Guns are out talking about the return to Impact and. The North had come out, and you know, it sounded like you only we weren't even a hundred percent. We were like forty percent or eighty percent or something like that, and yeah. you know, it ended up challenging the machine guns uh, to a rematch at um, Impact's two night event, two week event um, called Emergence, uh, which will be taking place in three weeks. <clears throat> so we're doing like a two week super show type thing. Uh, we also had Eddie Edwards defend the title against Sammy Callahan. Edwards has been doing like an open challenge uh, for the Impact Championship. Uh, Sammy got jumped uh, uh, by RVD prior to the match. And like the whole time RVD is beating on Sammy Callahan, Katie Forbes is just standing behind him twerking. Like, I don't understand. Like, I know it stemmed from, like, a segment last week where Sammy had uh, photoshopped his face on Katie Forbes' pictures that she was supposed to be revealing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, this whole angle with them, like, I just don't understand why Katie Forbes is, like, standing there twerking, like, the whole time. Like, I get it. That's your did thing. Look, did but it look you good? Look, she's got, like, so much freaking plastic, like... If you literally oh, yeah. put her next to an open flame, she's gonna melt into yeah. like a so puddle. So probably wasn't probably, probably wasn't jiggling like it should. Yeah, <laughs> not like a natural natural booty twerking, but uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's just Katie Four was just trash. Like in the ring, outside the ring, just straight up Las Vegas showgirl trash is what she is. Maybe they should get semi kiss. You know, he can twerk pretty good, bro. Yeah, like Sunny Kiss. Can twerk like a mofo. Maybe uh, Katie Forbes needs to take some lessons from him. So, uh, the end of the show, Rich Swan came out to make a, an announcement. Uh, Rich Swan is retiring from in ring competition um, due to the uh, beatdown that EY put on him at a uh, slam anniversary. Uh, pretty much the whole locker room came out and applauded Swan. And as they were leaving, EY uh, came out and attacked Swan to end the show. And just completely destroyed them. So, yeah, Impact wasn't bad. Like it's it wasn't as good as Slam Anniversary or the Impact after Slam Anniversary, but it was definitely better than last week's Impact. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but apparently, the whole Wrestle House thing being a reality show is something that Rosemary did because Rome, Rosemary, of course, is supposed to be a demon who has these powers. So she created this whole environment just to get Johnny Bravo to notice her because they kept asking like when they're going to get out of this and rosemary's like when he finally takes a hint you know referring to johnny bravo so i guess bravo feels the same way about rosemary but because of how demanding taya is they can never be together because johnny bravo is like taya's assistant or whatever so yeah so that's impact. Outside of the wrestle house stuff, like the the actual wrestling, like the, the other segments for wrestle house, it wasn't bad. Um, then we go from that to worse. <laughs> AEW's Deadly Draw tournament debuted Monday night. 
Um, we had the Nightmare Sisters taking on Penelope Ford and Mel, um, or as I like to call her, Dollar Store Rhea Ripley. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the perfect candidate from what I ordered on Wish and what I got. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't, it was, oh, I'm going to be honest here. These matches were terrible. Um, Yeah. With the amount of the amount of talent that was in some of these matches, especially with um you know Penelope Ford, Mel's not too bad, but pairing them up against Brandy, who I'm sorry, Brandy can't wrestle. I mean, that's just the way it is. So yeah. and then Allie, who's Ellie's decent. She's not the best, but she's decent. Like she can hold her own in the ring and she's much better than Brandy is. Yeah. And then you like so, this whole tournament I feel like is just a way for the Nightmare Sisters to win. Like, I have something big to put under their under their belt, and I think that's honestly well, what's going to happen. Well, if you know you're married to the guy that runs the thing, then you know sometimes you can just make yourself tag team champion. Pretty much. Uh, so that was one match, the opening match. Alla Rose and Ariana, uh, formerly Cameron in WWE, former Funkadactyl, who's most famous for telling Stone Cold Steve Austin her favorite match ever was Alicia Fox versus Molina from a Monday <laughs> Night Raw, and for trying to pin somebody while they're face down on the mat. So those are her claim to fame. Um, they took on the team of Anna Jay, who was part of the Dark Order, and Tyanera Kantai, who was recently released from the NXT roster um, oh, okay. during the, the WrestleMania re- releases. Um, in all honesty, this match wasn't bad. It was, I mean, they didn't really set the bar that high for this mm-hmm. tournament, um, considering like the match before was really bad. Um, mm-hmm. Ariana actually looked pretty good. So it looks like she's actually committed herself to actually learning how to wrestle and not pin people while they're face down. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I, I like her. Um, uh, Tyanera Conti, I liked her when she was in NXT. Um, I mean, Nyla Rose, of course, is a former um, AEW Women's Champion. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the match wasn't bad. So, I mean, Rose and Ariana ended up losing. And then uh, Nyla completely laid out Ariana after the match. But, uh, I mean, we talked about this before when they announced the tournament. Like, if they had brought in some, like, bigger-name talent or at least attempted to, like, I don't don't know what went on behind the scenes. Like, if they even attempted to make any um, calls to, like, former WWE women's wrestlers or, like, even, like, bigger-name independent uh, female Mm -hmm. wrestlers to get them to join this this tag team tournament, but I mean, there's only what I think like two more matches with teams that haven't been announced yet. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. Like I said, I, the AEW uh, women's division needs a lot of a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, they should be hardcore going after Tessa Blanchard right now. Yeah. Or even that, or even looking at like some of the top independent women, like Casey Carlisle, for example. Why they should be literally like tracking her down and be like, "Hey, we want you to come work for us." 
like considering like your your four biggest roster members for your women's division are all injured, and then yeah. one of them, then like your first women's but champion. Even them, is, are, are, even them are not all that good. Like, I'm, like I said, well, I've already expressed my feelings about Britt Baker and stuff <laughs> like that, but yeah. Britt Baker, like I will say, like since she's she's been injured, but like her the stuff that she's been doing, like on the mic and everything each week has been has been pretty solid. Like she got away from the dentist, like the whole like trashing Tony Schiavone thing every week and all the other stuff to just um focusing more on being like a like a little sniveling heel has been a little more entertaining. Yeah. Oh, I was just seeing if they had any more information on next week's deadly draw, but there's nothing there. So I haven't announced any matches at all. So let's move into Dynamite. Uh, we start to show off with a 12-man tag with the FTR and the Elite uh, taking on the Dark Order. Uh, Dark Order ended up picking up the win after this, after FTR, uh, what was it? Dash, Dax, Dash. I don't know. Um, formerly Scott Dawson, <laughs> and it looked like he blew his knee. So, um, like Hangman and uh, his tag partner, um, Dawson's tag partner carried um, carried them to the back. So, it was pretty much just the Bucks and Omega, uh, left out there for a little bit, uh, to you know, fend for themselves against you know, six members of the Dark Order. Um, uh, but mm-hmm. Hangman ended up coming back out towards the end of the match, and um, but still. Dark Order still picked up the win. Just you know, you're rolling six on four. There's really no way that uh, in their favor. But it was pretty good, pretty solid opener. So okay. Uh, let's see, the best friends beat Pride and Powerful. Um, Pride and Powerful did not take that loss very well, as they destroyed Sue's van. Oh man! Man, they destroyed Trent's mom's van. Completely they destroyed. Get, it. They should get like a deal with like Hot Wheels or something to make that van. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, actually. Um, Jeremy Padauer had put on Twitter today, um, like a fan, like a poll to see what they should make, and it was like, um, Sue's destroyed van, <laughs> Hangman, Amy's golf cart, or um. Moxley's Ford GT, and I voted for Hangman's horse because that makes the most sense. But uh, Sue's van and Hangman's horse were literally like three or four votes away from each other. Yeah, so. I definitely, I definitely would go with the van over the horse. <laughs> I'll just say because we're getting a Hangman page figure in series two, I'm gonna need a horse to go with him, a Hangman. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was. That's pretty much. But then Jericho um, commented, like retweeted with a comment on a uh, Dower's thing, saying, "You know, that's my Ford GT," because you know Moxley stole it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that was just um, we had MJF, another uh, little preview thing with him uh, for his uh, championship match with uh, Moxley coming up. Like MJF's promo work is great. Like, yeah, kids got kids good though. So. Yeah, I, uh, it's just one of those things. Like, I hope like they give him his fair, uh, his fair shake at the business. You know, 
Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed that he's, you know, I get it. Everybody wants to be world champion, but you would mm-hmm. think that because, you know, like if I was MJF, I'd be like, you know, I've already beaten Cody. I know I can beat Cody. So I'm going to go after Cody's TNT championship. Yeah. Like I can see him with that, but I don't see him like since Moxley has beaten Brody Lee, uh, Brian Cage, uh, Darby yeah. Allen this, this past Wednesday night. Uh, same show. We'll talk about that later. Um, I really don't see MJF beating Moxley at the pay per view for this title. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see him either. I'm just saying, like, just you know, I, I would just, I hope they do right by him. You know, it's like, oh, so like even if it's like having him and Wardlow start tagging together and uh, like end up taking the, and winning the tag team titles eventually or something like that. Yeah. But I mean, I really I wouldn't mind hit, mind seeing him go after the TNT Championship. Yeah. Either it's just I don't know. This you've seen it played out before, like um, in WCW. You know, you had your Eddie Guerrero's and your Chris Benoit's, and you know they didn't get their yeah. your Chris Jericho's, and they didn't get their shine, and so they had to end up going to WWE. Same thing with like your TNAs, you know, you had guys that, you know, were young guys that could have got a shot and, you know, but they had to go elsewhere to get that, that shot finally. And then they end up being your downfall, you know? Yeah. It's pretty crappy. Uh, let's see what else we have. We had a segment with Matt Hardy uh, talking about uh, how he wants to hurt Sammy Guevara now. Like, at first he wanted to help him. Now he wants to hurt him. Couldn't um, his advice. <laughs> yeah. Could have just taken Matt Hardy's advice. So. Uh, this led to Sammy coming out. The two of them brawled. Uh, Sammy ended up throwing a chair at Matt and busting him open. And then uh, put Matt through a table. It was a pretty good segment. Great brawl. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of the few brawls that they've actually had where 15 other people hadn't come out to get involved. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. Let's go to uh, Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, made his debut um, teaming, in-ring debut, sorry, teaming with uh, Cody, uh, taking on a couple of the Dark Order members. Uh, of course, Cardona and Cody picked up the win, beating uh, the two Dark Order members. After the match, Scorpio Sky confronts Cody. Um, so we're finally seeing Scorpio Sky do something, aside from being on AEW Dark. So next week we'll uh, hopefully get a Cody versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. Maybe Scorpio is going to be the one to take the title off of Cody. Dude, that'd be awesome. I'm I'm all for that. Scorpio Sky is phenomenal. Yeah, I like Scorpio Sky. Oh, uh, let's see. When we had the uh, debate between uh, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Oh, this is freaking great. So, <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff returned to TNT, and he was the, the moderator for the debate. Uh, some really, like, oddball questions on there. Uh, the one that got me was uh, uh, the the one about the polar ice caps melting and the flooding. <laughs> and Jericho just, like, blows it off. And, like, Orange Cassidy goes on to, like, this huge, like, scientific explanation and where we'll be in like the next 
you know, 50 years. <laughs> it was freaking awesome. Yeah, but, um, I didn't see it. I want to check it out. Yeah, it was pretty good. Definitely check that out. Um, unfortunately, at the end, um, Hager gets in the ring and him and Jericho destroy Orange Cassidy. So, oh, it sucks, but they they'll still be wrestling each other again next week. Uh, we had more of the Britt Baker, uh, Rebel, and Big Swole. Uh, basically, Britt Baker said that Big Swole will have to be the opponent of her choosing, of uh, Britt Baker's choosing, to uh, even get a shot at Britt Baker. Uh, so Britt sent uh, sent Rebel into the ring to uh, to take on Big Swole. So Big Swole ends up picking up the win. Obviously, um, I will give kudos to Rebel, who is a great in-ring talent. Um, I've watched her on Impact and Ring of Honor. Um, she is definitely someone who their women's division will benefit from if they actually let her wrestle. But uh, she did a did an amazing job pretending, uh, or at least acting like she didn't know what she was doing during that match. So, uh, a lot of people just kind of flub it, uh, but she did. She did a pretty good job. Uh, so then we have Moxley uh, defeat Darby Allen, that goddamn Darby Allen, um, and retain the uh, AEW World Championship. Yeah, so that was that was dynamite in a nutshell. Uh, I've got the AEW weekly rankings pulled up as of Wednesday. So uh, my, we'll um, scroll down here to the tag teams. <coughs> so your number one ranked tag team is FTR at five and zero. The best friends at twelve and four. The Dark Order is eight and one. That's uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Uh, the Young Bucks are five and two, and Jurassic Express is five and two. And of course, our tag team champions are eleven and zero. Cool. Uh, women's rankings: number one ranked is still Nyla Rose at seven and two. Uh, Big Swall should actually be, I believe, these she should be six and three now. Um. Penelope Ford is five and four. Abaddon is on the rankings for three and one. So rank cranking up those wins on dark. And uh Britt Baker is four and four. And our of course our AEW women's champion, Hikaru Shida, is 15 and one. Uh Cody is 17 and one for the uh, TNT championship. Uh MJF still number one ranked eight and oh. Lance Archer, ten and one. Brian Cage is six and one. Brody Lee is five and one, and that goddamn Darby Allen is now seven and five, and Mock is uh, fifteen and zero. So that is your uh, your weekly rankings for AEW, and that is actually going to wrap up our get in the ring segment. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our weekly trivia, our uh, points of articulation. We got a little bit of news in there. And uh, Chris and Carl's Retro Review, where we uh, take a look at Terry Funk versus Sabu and their barbed wire match from Born to be Wired, August 9th, 1997. Lots of fun. All right. So uh, stay tuned and we'll be right back.
Alright, so we are back with our weekly trivia. So last week's question was of the following. All the wrestlers listed below have won every ECW championship except for who? And the uh, choices you had were Sabu, Mikey Whipwreck, Taz, and the franchise Shane Douglas. So Carl, who out of that list has not held all the ECW championships. So technically, technically, I think it's only two of those guys, Mikey Rick and Shane, Shane Douglas. Uh, no, Mikey Wickrep has actually held the world title, the television title, and the tag titles. Yeah, but he did not count. We're not counting uh, the FTW okay. title. <laughs> oh, we're not counting the FTW title? No. Okay. Never mind. Because didn't Sabu win that off of uh, Taz one time? Sabu was the only other person to hold that title besides Taz. Yeah. Because it was when um, Taz had won the ECW championship, so we had both. But Sabu didn't want the ECW title. He wanted the FTW title. Which, yeah. I don't know why. But, okay. but uh, yeah, uh, Shane Douglas. Sabu. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Shane Douglas actually never won the tag team championship. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. And uh, this week's quite well, if you knew the answer to that, go ahead and give yourself that good old fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Uh, this week's question What was the first match in Starcade history? The first ever Starcade match. So if you think you know the answer, go ahead and hit us up at askwrestlegain at gmail.com uh, with the question, uh, episode 54, trivia in the subject line. And you can also comment on any one of our posts uh, yeah. promoting any one of the, or promoting this week's episode. Or if you see us in the street, you know, and you're like, fuck, hey, Chris, I think this is the answer to your question. We'll be happy to talk to you about it. Yes, sir. Depends on what I'm doing, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I guess if you was taking like a big shit in the bathroom, you wouldn't know why they come up. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's a trivia question. <laughs> I think I know the answer to your question. It's like, dude, really? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So. That takes care of that. Let's get into the uh, little bit of points of articulation news we got. Um, very slow week uh, coming off of San Diego Comic-Con last week, uh, two weeks ago, the hangover last week. Uh, the AEW Unrivaled figures, um, which were supposed to be in Walmart stores, um, AEW was advertising the crap out of those being stores at the beginning of this current week. Um, unfortunately, they have not shown up yet in a lot of stores. Uh, Jeremy Padauer has been like all over Twitter updating people with like um, sales spikes and things like that and anticipation dates for the stuff being in the store. Uh, a lot of Walmarts were saying that they were due to get some on the 5th. So hopefully some people were able to find those. Um, you know, we're recording Thursday night, this August 6th. Uh, so hopefully people were able to find those between yesterday and today. I actually went to five different Walmarts over the two days that I was off just for shits and giggles. Um, 
not see any of the AEW figures, but I did pick up the AEW action ring. Um, so look for a video review of that coming soon. Um, but uh, we're also notified. Jeremy had also told us that a uh, standalone end cap display is expected the week of the 12th with uh, more inventory for to fill those as well. So the figures are coming. They're just a little delayed. So we should hopefully be seeing them within the next week on Walmart shelves. And if you're really that worried about getting them, you should have pre-ordered them on ringsidecollectibles.com months ago, uh, like most everybody else did. Or, you know, you can move to Taiwan or China or wherever they're manufactured and make <laughs> one yourself. Yeah, just steal them from the factory. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's how prototypes get out or production samples. So, <laughs> all right. So that's the, the points of articulation. And now we're going to get into Chris and Carl's retro review. Dot, dot, dot. There's no music for this. <laughs> Do we have uh, music for this? No, we don't. Oh, okay. Kind of a, like a temporary thing, but while well, G Money's in rehab. And, uh, of course, next week, um, we'll see what's going on next week. But we should be able to start our um, WrestleGeddon Wrestling Federation with our first pay-per-views. So that's something to look forward to there. That awesome draft that we just did. All right. So, Terry Funk versus Sabu. Barbed wire match. Uh, from an event called Born to be Wired, August 9th, 1997. Uh, the biggest reason why I wanted to go with this match because um, we had taught we had done Terry Funk versus Harley Race in a two out of three falls match last week. And it's just the the, the total change <laughs> in Terry Funk's character and style from me looking at that match to this match. And just like how complete like 180 it was like you were looking at that match as like it was, it was pretty much a wrestling clinic is what that match was then you go to this where you got like literally like terry funk crotching sabu on a barbed wire rope i think they, i think they both had to go to a clinic like all the stories i've heard from the end of this match like you, you saw you see it during the match like sabu's actually wrapping like his arm and freaking duct tape just the, shout out. Uh, the whole like the wound closed <laughs> yeah shout, shout out to uh, bill alfonso i mean i don't know if he was like um like kind of scheduled to get involved or planned to get involved in the match but he kind of got involved in the match just to give fucking Sapu time to tape up his fucking arm I know (laughs) you know it was it was it was was something else man it's just uh, that is the match itself was pretty fucking crazy I I didn't I didn't see this live like uh I didn't watch this match probably until maybe like two years after it originally aired. Um, I remember my cousin, uh, 
my cousin Ricky telling me about it. Like, hey man, dude, dude uh, Sabu fucking wrapped himself in barbed wire and fucking jumped on fucking Terry Funk. And I was like, what? He wrapped himself in barbed wire? I just remember, you know, just hearing stories of how crazy it was. And then, like, finally um, watching the match, it was just, it was just crazy. Um, yeah, it's... Of, uh, I seen, did you ever see the uh, Sabu versus um, the Monster Abyss in the TNA? They had a barbed wire match. I don't. I think I might have. I'm not 100 percent sure. I probably did. Yeah, it's pretty. Or good. At too. least seen highlights of it. Yeah, I bought that per review. It's pretty good. But uh, yeah, uh, but but I mean, man, yeah, this is a pretty insane match. Um, I mean, even even like some of the fucking. Like even not even the bubble wire work, like that fucking um uh, power driver that um funk hits on Sabu like early on in the match, man. That was oh, pretty yeah. nasty. Yeah. That was that was pretty bad. It was um like this this was probably one of the most brutal matches that, that I've ever seen. Um I mean and I've I've seen you know, a few of the Japanese death matches and stuff, but this this was really, really bad. Like it's literally like you know, we mentioned earlier, like a few minutes ago, like Sabu actually cut his arm, cut his bicep open on one of the barbed wire barbs and ended up like freaking duct taping his arm shut, just you know you know, to, to slow down the bleeding. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think he ended up getting like quite a few stitches and they yeah. Uh you can bear with us, folks. We're experiencing some uh technical difficulties. But uh hopefully we got it figured out. So we're talking about um uh the Sabu Terry Funk barbed wire match. Um we just mentioned that how Sabu had wrapped his arm in duct tape um after getting yeah. his uh bicep ripped open. Um but that wasn't even <laughs> that was just the beginning. Of like yeah. what happened in this match. It was just so freaking insane. Um I mean they start brawling after you know Sabu wraps his arm in duct tape. Yeah. Uh somehow like bolt cutters get involved and there's barbed wire strands everywhere. Uh <laughs> one side of the ring doesn't have ropes anymore. And then the two just take turns whipping the shit out of each other with the barbed wire strains. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, they took the ropes down just for like the grand finale. Like they end up wrapping yeah. Terry Funk and barbed wire and um, putting them on like a table. And uh, then Sabu goes to the other side where he had cut off the, <coughs> the ropes, wraps itself in the barbed wire. Fucking jumps on Terry Funk. Um, they're both fucking so tangled up in the barbed wire that they really can't continue the match. They somehow, I forget. I don't know if it's like rubbing them and somebody. I, I can't remember who throws them back in the ring, but they kind of both get back in the ring. You see Sabu go f- for a pin. Terry Funk kicks out. 
I think they both kind of realized they're not going to get out of the barbed wire without being cut out. So then Sabu goes back for the pin, and uh, he gets uh, he gets Terry from uh, yeah, the end. Yeah, so Sabu rolls Terry back into the ring, uh, gets a two count. Uh, Sabu rolls him back out of the ring onto another table, and then goes and the other end of the ring wraps himself in his own barbed wire. Uh, another leg drop. Both guys roll around in pain on ringside floor uh, while the crowd freaks out. And they think like they're kind of stuck to each other <laughs> through the barbed wire. Yeah, like I said, like they couldn't get couldn't go any further, so they decided to go for a pin. Like I said, Terry Funk kicks out, and then uh, yeah, it was um, Sabu it was pretty pins him again. Yeah, pretty awkward pin by Sabu since they're like you know stuck to each other and tangled up in that barbed wire. Um, the ring pretty much filled with medics to end the, like at the end of the show. Uh, cutting them out. Cutting Sabu and Funk out of their barbed wire prison <laughs> with the uh, <laughs> with the jaws of life. And that's how the uh, the pay-per-view went off the air. Just freaking insane. Like it's fan, fan, fan chanting fans for them though as it like they're getting cut out. So I mean yeah. I think everybody kinda appreciated, you know, what they put on the line to put that type of match on, you know. Yeah, the- this is like <clears throat> one thing Joey Styles has said, you know, he's he's like, you know, we didn't cut the barbs off the barbed wire or use rubber barbed wire, which they do sell as props for movies. It's like it was disgusting in person and even more disgusting watching it back in the studio. So I don't know what possesses two people to do stuff like that. You must really love what you're doing because I know we weren't paying people a lot of money back then. It was unsettling. The kind of violence was unsettling and unnecessary. Yeah. Especially for, I mean, like, yeah, especially like the, like Bill Alfonso piece. It's like, I know his, whatever cut he had in that whole match, like couldn't be like, you know, I'd be surprised if he got paid 80 bucks for, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like his appearance on that pay-per-view. And, you know, for him to take, like, the backlash and from Terry Funk, you know, uh, whipping them with the barbed wire while Sabu was kind of taping himself up uh, is is fucking crazy, you know? It is insane. Like, the amount of stuff that they put each other through in that matchup. But, you know, who am I to judge? You know, I never had, you know a few hundred fans share my name and, you know, say, holy shit. And this is awesome. <laughs> and Sabu and Sabu and Terry Funk. I mean, Terry Funk was probably already a legend before this, but I mean, like I said, like I watched the match like two years later, just because that was all people were fucking talking about. Like for years, like, Oh, do you see the fucking bubble? Or anytime you seen anything that was like, I remember, like, when the whole, like, mankind getting thrown off the hell in the cell, they're like, yeah, but it wasn't as fucking crazy as goddamn Sabu repping himself in Barbara. It's like, you know, it's just like a, yeah. a match that will live on in infamy. Uh, no, you said you didn't watch this match, like, live. <clears throat> like, as it, as it aired, like, the only time that I saw this match was um, um before we 
before you sent me the uh, the clip from Reddit, like the full match to watch, was through um ECW television, where they had aired yeah. the match, but they had cut out a lot, so they're just showing like a lot of the highlights on it. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I think that's how my cousin seen it, and he was telling me about it, but he didn't like actually watch the review, but you know what I'm saying it was like this it was one of those things like. This is like back in the day when there's no internet. Well, I mean, there was internet, but it was slow as fuck. Um, so, uh, yeah, I it think, took two like, hours to download new I pictures. Think that we, I think we finally found a friend that had recorded it on like VHS and they're like, hey, uh, actually, yeah. Um, so how we, how I ended up watching it was like, uh, um, I was over at a friend's house and we was watching those, uh, uh, what's the the te- the tapes with like people dying and shit? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, it was the, like uh, uh, Faces of Death or something like that. Faces of Death, yeah. We was watching like Faces of Death tapes, and then like I'm looking through his fucking thing, and I'm like, oh shit, you got fucking ECW shit on your fucking, and he had the fucking um the the match on VHS that they had you know had recorded. Um, when I was watching the perfect view, and that's how I saw it. Nice. <clears throat> All right, so that uh, that was our uh, retro review. So, go ahead if you haven't seen that match, go ahead and check that out. Um, it is definitely not for the faint of heart. Um, so if you are very squeamish when it comes to blood, this is definitely. Something you do not want to watch. But if you want to, if you weren't always wonder why they call Sabu the suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, genocidal. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely the uh, the perfect example <laughs> of that. <laughs> All right, so that's gonna wrap up another another episode of the Russell Getting Podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, hopefully, by some miracle, we'll have G Money back next week. Pray for his soul, y'all. Um, to get him out of Mexico, it's not helping him. Uh, let's see what else we got. So, be sure, like I said, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Russell Getting Pod with one D on Twitter, Facebook.com, Russell Getting Pod with one D as well, and Instagram, Russell Getting Pod with two Ds. Uh, check out the merch store, uh, redbubble.com slash people slash podcast. And then if you want to get entered or be eligible to win that uh, Elite 77 Fiend SummerSlam figure, uh, all you got to do is sign up for the Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast uh, to be entered into that. There's also a pretty cool article up there as well, uh, which is a Patreon-exclusive article. It is basically the history of the Lucha Libre USA masked warriors action figures from playmates. Um, we'll be adding some more stuff up there in the coming weeks. So be sure to subscribe to that and check it out. Um, also while you're at it, uh, go ahead and check out our good friends, the chick Foley show their weekly podcast as well, which you can find at all major streaming apps. Uh, same thing with our friends at the running podcast and the wrestling with reality podcast. Go ahead and give those guys a subscribe and a follow and a listen as well. Uh, it's actually G Money had uh, 
emailed his uh, song of the week, his theme of the week. Um, I guess since he's living the RVD lifestyle, it's uh, RVD's impact theme. So we'll be uh, we'll be playing that as we close the show. Uh, Carl, you got anything to add? Oh, good Lord. We're trying to end the show. We still have technical difficulties. Oh, so much fun. <laughs> uh, as I was saying, impact theme of the week, impact theme for Rob Van Dam is our theme of the week. Um, check out our friends at the Chick Foley Show, uh, Wrestling with Reality Podcast, and the Run In Podcast. Uh, subscribe and listen to all their shows. A lot of great content there uh, to fill your weekend. Uh, of course, after you listen to us, um, and that was all I had mm-hmm. aside from following our social media so Carl what you got no I was just saying uh, I was naked the whole show uh, good thing it's a podcast and, Man, and I, I kind of feel like every time we record you're naked <laughs> something like that <laughs> or high on Molly well, I am. Uh, I'm off tomorrow. It's like the first time I've been off the next day after a podcast. So uh, let's just say I got a little bit of uh, tequila, a little bit of rum. Uh, got a little bit of the bubbly. Ain't no laws when drinking those clothes. <laughs> oh, all right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up episode 54 of the Rest of the Podcast. Thank you guys again for listening. And taking a couple hours out of your day to uh, give us give us a listen. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but uh, I'm tired. I've been drinking. And you go to bed. <laughs> On that note, we will uh, catch you guys next week, episode 55. Uh, we'll run down some more stuff. And we will also have the uh, pay-per-views for the WrestleGeddon Wrestling Federation. Uh, with my show Heatwave, Carl's Saturday Night Special, and if G Money's back, whatever he named his show. <laughs> All right, and we will uh, we'll chat with you guys next week. Later, Marks. Ellen, probably in a bit.